It's time for a national look inside the NFL with a guy who still has KC barbecue running through his veins. I babied a pork butt. He left in 07, but due to a technicality found in his contract, he's back as our NFL insider. I am broken! He brought you the cover three, his one big thing. A whiz wagon, a weather robot, and he loves ribs. He sucked the meat right off the bone. Live from New York City, it's the captain of the mothership. His mother named him Damon, but we call him D.A. It's D.A., a Mad Dog Sports Radio, 610 Sports Radio alum, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. D.A., we were just sharing a old-school 610 story uh, about Strugglesworth. You know this story very well. Uh, yes. And uh, uh, yeah, one of my favorites. And how do you uh, have the audio by chance? Yeah, you, do you have the audio? Because I can't find it. Um, I don't. That was post the A show time. That was a few months after I, but I, I departed. I know now, I sent it to you. So I, I that's why I was that. hoping you have a better archiving system than I do. Cause I know you got, you had well, it. Go at back in your emails and look. <laughs> oh, you may, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But uh, I felt like Eli Manning had a struggles worth moment the other night in the Manning cast. When he said his sources told him that Tommy DeVito's agent was nicknamed Sm- uh, Slimy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's good. Somebody else had a struggles worth moment. <laughs> well, who got screwed on this? That's the question. Who got screwed on this? Was it the story or was it, is it the agent lying on this one? Because I, I got a feeling that it might be real that he won't admit to it. Right. Thank you, buddy. We are, you're catching you right in the middle of New York City garage. Are you pulling a John Heyman and you're going to get run over in yeah. Midtown? It's always something here. You're fighting gridlock. You're fighting parking attendants. You're fighting a parade or two. There's always somebody's parade going on. So <laughs> yeah. now I, I think I'm exiting. But I, I kind of believe the story. Does that guy not look like his <laughs> his reputation would be slimy or his nickname would be? I mean, uh. what are the odds that that story is not I feel like it's totally right. Right. And he just didn't want to admit that his name was slimy. No, I get it. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's become a phenomenon. You mentioned there's always a parade. Is there one for, for Tommy DeVito today in New York City? This is one of the most annoying things ever. I mean, this is essentially Jeremy Lin, Icky Woods, Tim Tebow, but it's going to lead to nowhere. And Giant fans are now all in on this. I mean, I've, I've got to deal with friends and family telling me, why can't this be our book party? I'm like, because he's not good. Maybe this is all with Tom Brady. Stop it. Tom Brady started at Michigan. Tommy DeVito washed out at Syracuse. That's Syracuse football, not basketball. So I just don't believe anything about this being a long-term solution. And every win is getting him farther and farther away from the franchise quarterback he should be drafting. Yeah, so it's a real problem around here because, yes, there would be a parade today if if – the city council would would say yes to it. So if they continue to do what they've been doing and they, 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 let's say they went out, they finish at nine and eight, that puts you in the middle of the pack. Do you really get a franchise quarterback at that situation? Let's say they don't draft the franchise quarterback this year because you still have, you know, dopey dimes signed up for another year or two or whatever the case may be. Do you go into training camp next year with, with Jones and, and, uh, you know, slimy's client as a quarterback (laughs) competition, or is it, you know, is it Dimes' job? I think it has to be Dimes' job because he's making $40 million next season. And so I think you, you make him a starter, but you make it clear that he's also fighting for his job every day that he's out there. And who knows what you get at a, 
out of Daniel Jones because last year he was actually very effective. He protected the football, ran it very well. They won a playoff game on the road. Jones was a big part of that win, but he's always injured. And now, I mean, you've, you're kind of on the hook for this huge contract, so it, it kind of kills you. But at the same time, I don't think you can make undrafted Tommy DeVito the incumbent starter next year. And I don't even really think you can make it a quarterback competition. It's, I think you have to allow Jones to be the starter and then, you know, have a quick hook. But look, this is not a defense, by the way, of Daniel Jones this year because he's a terrible like before he was injured. Awful. So I think regression to the mean of what he really is. But no, I, this, this whole thing about Tommy Cutlets is so insane around here. You have no idea. <laughs> DA Mad Dog Sports Radio, 610 Sports Radio alum joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, wild in the, uh, in the AFC. Uh, Chiefs lose again. Dolphins, uh, Dolphins implode late. Uh, the Jags lose. Uh, there's a bad coaching decision away from Baltimore, probably uh, losing as well. What a wild last weekend in the AFC. I can't believe how dramatically the AFC East flipped in 24 hours, because if the bills would have lost on that Tony play, or if the dolphins would have held on to a 14 point lead with four minutes to play, or both those things happen. The AFC East is over. The Dolphins are the potential one seed, or at least they're fighting for the one seed. And the AFC is a wrap. And instead, because the Tony play goes against the Chiefs and the Bills find a way to win in Kansas City, and because the Dolphins find a way to lose at home against the Titans, there's only a two-game difference with four to play, but they play each other week 18. Now, for the Dolphins, where do you think they're more effective? At home, in the playoffs? with a nice sunny bright sky and a fast track or on the road in Kansas city, in Baltimore, in Buffalo, that 24 hours change everything. And by the way, the dolphins have a two game lead with four to play, but it's really less than that because they play one another, but the dolphins have to play the Ravens and the Cowboys the rest of the way. So this is a, this is a really tough road, the final month. And I'm not saying that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl, because why would you ever say that? But, man, for a franchise that has always been handed the worst of luck, things started to break their way when they fired Ken Dorsey, and now they actually have some hope. I'm calling it the Missile Tony. That, the way that Canarius Tony was offsides on Sunday was the mistletoe miracle the Bills needed. DA of Mad Dog Sports Radio with us here on 610 Sports Radio. And now that, looking at how it all kind of unfolded, what is your perception of the Chiefs now? Where do you kind of rank them in, in, in that hierarchy of the AFC? So it's a, it's, it's a two-part conversation. The Kansas City Chiefs are not what the Chiefs have been over the last five years. And I'm not breaking any news to anybody listening right now or you guys. You can see it. A game like Sunday, forget even the, the call going against them, is a game the Chiefs have always found a way to win, and the last couple of games have been Mahomes finds a way, Reed finds a way, they make more plays than the opponent, they make less mistakes than the opponent, they, they absolutely lock down home field advantage at Arrowhead, and those things are not happening. So the Chiefs are a lesser version of themselves this year that is inarguable. However, the second part of this is the AFC is so imminently winnable. Mm -hmm. 
a Chiefs apologist. It's easier on your airwaves than it is on my airwaves because I sound like this sometimes. But I go through the Chiefs' schedule, and I'm like, look at some of these losses. If MBS holds on to the bomb a couple of weeks ago, if Tony is lined up three inches on size or whatever, you know, the one-point loss of the Lions in week number one, we're talking about an 11-3 and team. Versus eight and five. That's a eleven and two. It's a very fine line of why the Chiefs have lost these games. And don't convince me that anybody coming out of the AFC East is too dominant after what we've seen the Dolphins do. You can't convince me anything coming out of the AFC South is all that dominant. And the AFC North, while the Ravens look like the best team right now in the AFC, anybody that thinks you can't go to Baltimore and win the playoffs is crazy because. Lamar Jackson's never really done that in the postseason, nor been healthy in the postseason. So, you know, even though this is probably a six on the scale of one to ten, how great the Chiefs have been, ten being one of their great teams, I still don't think it means that, you know, you have to kind of worry that they can't do it because there's no 49ers in the AFC. D.A., Shannon Sharp was on ESPN yesterday saying Travis Kelsey kind of needs to be the bad cop here now with the wide receivers and not Patrick Mahomes, and he needs to kind of jokingly call them out, like say, man, my sister would have caught that or your eyes closed on that one or, you know, stuff like that. Do you think that's the route to go with these wide receivers over this last month of the season? Because, you're, 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 you know, you're down to your final four games. I don't think much, obviously, is going to change, but could something like Travis Kelsey being the bad cop change some things with these guys? I guess it kind of depends on if he's ever walked that line before, because if Travis Kelsey has not been a guy that's needled wide receivers or been a vocal leader, then it would come off as really hollow. I think if it's naturally inherent to him or innate in him rather, and he's done some of that, then yeah, it's valuable. But I mean, I, I gotta think that a change from Eric Bieniemy has maybe led to some of this lack of accountability. Maybe, there is something within those coaching ranks that has changed because while, yes, you've lost players, there also is just a lack of execution and attention to detail that is happening to the wide receivers this season that's not just lack of talent. And that should always be the, at the forefront of coaching is having all these guys play to the best of their abilities. Of course, there's personal responsibility, but I do think there's coaching involved as well. And so whether it's Kelsey or whether it's a coaching staff or whether it's Patrick Mahomes who has to really be the bad guy instead of yelling at the refs, yelling at Canarius Tony, whatever it is, it's going to have to change because while the AFC is not a gauntlet of impossible teams to beat, in the playoffs, you just can't make many self-inflicted wounds right. no matter who you play. And it's just the margin for error is so slim in the postseason. All right, on the uh, on the NFC side, the, the the Cowboys beat the Eagles. We've asked them to kind of punch above their weight. Not to say I'm falling for because the or the the Cowboys never never deliver. But is this the most capable team of possibly delivering? Yeah, I mean this is one of the best Cowboys teams we've seen in a long time, no doubt. And I, I can't sit here today after what they did to the Eagles and pick them apart because it wouldn't be fair. I mean, I have. I saw the game. We all saw the game. They, they jumped out of the lead early. They scored in all of those first four possessions. They scored a lot of touchdowns, not field goals. They spread the well. The Dak was efficient. He was productive. The defense completely closed down on Jalen Hurts. There was no space for Hurts to make any plays. So I can't, I can't 
tell you the Cowboys can't do it. But what I can say is there's a bully in the NFC that I don't believe the Cowboys can beat, and that's the 49ers. I don't believe all things equal, all players healthy. I don't believe the Cowboys can go to San Francisco and win. And I, and I don't believe even that they can beat the 49ers in Dallas. And I know it's a better version of the Cowboys, but the 49ers are so legit. They are so the real deal. I know they have the three-game losing streak. That is not indicative of who they are. The Trent Williams injury is something that people won't focus on because he's an offensive lineman. But it changes everything for the, the Niners' offensive line. He's that much better than anything else that they would have, and he's an all-pro. He's one of the best in the NFL at what he does. He mm-hmm. might be the best. If he's healthy, the offensive line's different, which means Brock Purdy's different, which means the passing game's different, which means the run game's different. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys can catch that. So, um, Also, the addition of Chase Young is different after that three-game losing streak. The pass rush is deeper. It's better. The, the Cowboys are good but they're not the Niners, and I don't think they'll get through San Francisco in the playoffs. All right, DA, thanks for a few minutes. Go play in traffic again. All right, I'm going back to my laptop from 2009. I appreciate that. See if I can find the struggles with uh, That'd you know, be nice. I'll let you know if I got it. That'd Thank nice. you. We need it. That'd be nice. Okay. okay. See <laughs> DA of uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio and a 610 Sports Radio alum. He's, he's just a much better archiver than I ever was. He probably does Dude, he have keeps the struggles. Everything. He probably does have the struggles worth somewhere. I know he does. He's going to be looking for that too, isn't he? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to yeah. find that. So hopefully hole. we'll find that. It needs to be unearthed again. Uh, Travis Kelsey breaks down the awesome TD that wasn't and backs up Kadarius Tony. We'll hear it next. Why? Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster is patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Every weekday starting at 1130 on Cody and Gold. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Yo, what did he say? I mean, I used to be able to really push it from game day to almost Wednesday without showering. Is this guy high? Now that would be obvious. Um, I can't hide. It's Meaningless McDaniel on Fesco in the morning. That momentum uh, we'll be counting on uh, along along those lines. We'll, um, you know, we, you might see us uh, add, add somebody here in the near future at some point. And then, um, you know, we've been working uh, Lester Cotton all year at center as well. So th- those are the types of things that teams all around the league are doing um, at some point during the season at various positions. It's part of football. So you get tested in multitude of ways, whether that's um, mind, body, or spirit. And uh, that's um, I'm, I'm confident in the way that we'll progress with that. Bruh. Bruh, it's about the mind, the body. What the hell was mind he talking about? Who body. is Lester Cotton? Bruh, Short pants, man. Who they've been working out, bruh. Could you imagine working with somebody who didn't shower till Wednesday? Couldn't do it, bruh. That's rough. That's ripe. I mean, That's, you've worked with people and you have that a, stink. You have an active job. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, an active job. Right, right. right? Yeah, you're not, well, and now he's not running wind sprints or anything, right. but you're... You're out in the field. Yeah. You're sweating a little yeah, bit. I would yeah. think. I would think. Especially in like a place like Miami, and then you're you're in like a little office and basting in your own juices, stewing in your little office, ugh, tenderizing. 
Uh, according to Albert Breer, just a few minutes ago, the NFL zeroing in on San Paulo, Brazil as a site for the for a 2024 International Series game, per sources. The owners will discuss, potentially finalize it today at their meetings in Dallas. I saw it, uh, something the other day, maybe you had sent it, that Brazil is like the third largest country of NFL support in the world. Did you, did you send that? I did not. I swear you did it because I don't know where else I would have seen. You had that international Remind story. Me my, oh, it might have been in that in that story. Yeah, I didn't highlight that part of. But yeah, yeah, it yeah. Oh, oh, the story about that was just a story about how they're going to expand probably to nine nine games. Yeah, overseas. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I, Spain I, and Brazil were the finalists. And yeah, it might have had a little nugget there about Brazil being so popular. Yeah, but. Brazil being one of the more popular destinations that you know has not had a game or whatever the case may be. So that's cool. Uh, so I don't I don't have my map of whose territory it is, but it's believed it'll be an NFC team will be the home team in that one. I'd have to look and find that map. You know who who got what territory, whatever. I yeah. don't know who owns Brazil, but it sounds like an N- NFC game in 2024. Do these at countries know NFL, NFL team. teams own them now? <laughs> I don't know. And how do they feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've decided. <laughs> we've decided the Chiefs own yes, you. Yes. Now Clark Hunt is now in charge Excuse down here. Excuse me. What? We're gonna what? So yeah, I'm not, I don't, I can't find my territory. I used to have that territory map. I can't somewhere with the struggles worth audio, mm-hmm. probably somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere time. All right, uh, Travis Kelsey on the latest edition of the uh, the New Heights podcast discussed the, uh, the the touchdown that wasn't the awesome touchdown that wasn't the uh, what did did Mahomes call it legendary? Or something? Oh, he said it was like a Hall of Fame play that was taken yeah. away from like like yeah. Mahomes totally like overshot this one. <laughs> oh, he's not going to be remembered now. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to remember Travis Kelsey because that yeah. play was taken away yeah. according to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Maybe not quite. What? Maybe quite that dramatic. He might have, he might over dramatized the, uh, the entire mean, situation. But uh Travis and and Jason discussing it on the latest New Heights podcast also included a uh pretty stern defense of Kadarius Tony. But first, on the lateral. Have you ever thrown that far of a lateral? No. You just whipped that out on the spot. On the spot. It was like a perfect spiral. Like, how did you go from having it tucked to throwing a perfect spiral that fast? Dude, it was such a bang, bang. Like, I caught it, turned up field, saw the single high safety coming down, knew I had broke the contain angle of the guy chasing me. When I made the safety that was coming down to try and tackle, when I broke his angle, I knew it was two on one. He's the only guy on that side of the field. I know KT was over there from the route he ran, saw him out of the corner of my eye in a lateral position, in a position where I knew if I could get him the ball, I knew he had space to score a touchdown. What did Andy say when you got to the sideline? I didn't talk to Coach Reed. <laughs> you didn't talk to him? Dude, Dude, in retrospect, could you imagine? If that didn't work. If that got tipped. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I could see Coach Reed just in my head. Come here. That is not something you see every day. Insane creativity. I went up to KT today, man. I told him I was like, man, we had that place f-ing rocket. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, we just can't have to do it again, big dog. I love KT. If we get the opportunity again, I'm going to throw that shit right into his chest again. He's one of the best He'll players we got it. with the ball in his hands. You turn on the film, you watch what he does when the ball's in his hands. Everybody hating on KT right now, you can f-ing miss me with it. I'm trusting in 1 9 every time he's out there on the field. Yes, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a leader. Yeah. miss you with yeah. it. Bob. Yeah, I don't really care. I've seen what you notice how they qualify everything with when he has the ball in his Which hands. is what Andy Reid, I think, said earlier in the week, too. Like, yeah, his defense he, of it, too, is like when he's he has so dynamic ball. with the ball in his hands. The problem here <laughs> is getting the ball to stay in his hands. Yeah. 
that's the problem we seemingly are facing that's right super now. Super duper contagious, yes. I mean, it's a legendary moment, man. That's I mean, nothing that's not taught, something that only a couple people in this world would even think about doing. Um, and for him to make that play in that moment, miss, making the catch, making a couple dudes miss, and throwing the ball across the field to another guy and scoring a touchdown in that moment, um, I hope they still show it whenever whenever he goes into the Hall of Fame because that's that's a legendary moment that uh, we didn't get to didn't get to really uh, witness. Yeah, you know, Patrick and, and Travis have had no other legendary moments ever. That's it. That's that that career defined right there. Yeah, I got to cut it short. Cut that. That's highlight over. Short. Yep, that's it. And then er, done. Tape's over. What about the uh, play didn't count? No legendary moment. Mm-mm. Mahomes talking like Travis Kelsey has done nothing in his career. Well, we'll be out of highlights. Well, I tell you what, we got <laughs> nothing to show no when more. this guy goes into the nope. Hall of Fame. Nope, nope. Can you believe they took away his greatest play ever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ever. His I mean, it's a legendary moment, man. His walk-off against the Chargers ain't none of no, those. That's not, no, that's not. No, doesn't matter. No. Nope, Anytime he turns no. his shoulders upfield and tracks nope, somebody. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to be on there. Now, this was it. This was the moment. This was the one. This was it. And now it's cut short. I got it. Unbelievable. Doggone it. Again, back to Kadarius Tony. He said twice, Andy Reid said, when he has the ball in his hand. See, that's the problem that I have with Kadarius Tony. He doesn't secure the football in his hand. So we really don't know how good he can be. Maybe they should just hand it off to him and let him run with it. Well, they've done that too. They did that the other night. But he fumbles. And and you're a little bit worried. Like I don't know that I've trusted a player less than I trust Kadarius Tony. And and Travis has to say and I love Travis for saying that. Like dropping the F bomb and all that kind of stuff and getting Kadarius Tony's back. Again, leadership right you can there. Miss that's him what with you it. do. Yeah. I, I and that's fine. I have a completely different opinion. I have never seen somebody with the football that I fear more than I fear Kadarius Tony. Because I think every time he's near the ball, he's either going to drop it, he's going to bounce it up in the air, and somebody's going to catch it and run it the other way. He's going to fumble it. Like, he just has no concept of ball security. And until he gets a concept of ball security, then I can't trust him. He's an untrustable. Related to the uncrustable. Uncrustable's cousin? Well, yes and no. I think the, I think the problem is that there's a whole bunch of those right now. And that's the thing, yeah. You got a room full of untrustables. I mean, as, as good as Rashi Rice is, there's still still questions there. He fumbled the other day, right. yeah. You know, he's putting the ball on the ground. MBS has had his issues. Sky's had it. They've all done it. It's been contagious, which is which is the the rough part because mm-hmm. it's it's every, who do you. Even if, this, even if they secure the football initially, are you worried they're going to give it up a couple steps later? Yeah, I yeah. Am. Right now, I am. Feels like the ball is just going to slip out every time. Right, right. I mean, I watch every time a, a wide receiver starts to maneuver around and try to get extra. Like, oh, please don't fumble. Please don't fumble. Please don't fumble. So, yeah, Kadarius may be good with the ball in his hands. I don't know about that because I don't see it a lot. But he did say I'm going to fire it right at his chest. So I think he was. <laughs> if, I put it, if I put it right in there, he can't. He can't help but secure it. I think it's what Travis might have been saying. Fire it into his chest and knock him backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If you don't like putting your money towards a stadium, what if we? What if we changed it? What if we changed the the ask? We'll try it next. 
Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. Former Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson joins the show every Monday at 7.30. 610 Sports Radio. The music on the way back Wednesday. That's how it works at 913-586-7610. The Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Include your name so that you get the credit. All right, so this is a special one. This is coming from myself and my other brother, Paco. And this is going to our brother who wants to remain nameless. He's probably going to be pissed that I'm going to mention this. But, fellas, if you're not feeling right, um, make sure you get checked out. Go to the doctor. Currently in the fight of his life, he's going to begin 33 rounds of chemo and radiation next week. So we just want to let you know that we right here, we ain't going anywhere, and we're going to kick cancer's ass. I'll tell you what, my friend Jerry and Selmo just kicked cancer's ass too, man. Went through like 40 treatments of radiation and all that, and my goodness, boy, it wears you down, I'll yes. tell you, man. But uh, So you got, you got this, my man. You he got is it. a Keep P1. Fighting. He listens every day while he works and works out and does the whole nine. So he's going to be pissed, but... I don't care. We got your back. You need I, people in your corner. We love you. Yeah. You know we love you, and we're right here for you, and we're going to get through this. So appreciate you, bro. So... We were uh, discussing the stadium a little bit earlier, Will, uh, with some updates here in a minute. But a uh, buddy of mine's working this week down in Oklahoma City, and he's like, "Did you see how how much their arena thing went Wait, through?" So Oklahoma City had a thing with an arena last night, yeah. And then you a- see what's going on in Washington D.C. as we speak yeah. right now, right? So yeah, Oklahoma City is building a new arena for the Thunder. We just got there like, two, cats. Seconds, oh! like two seconds ago. It feels They're like done right? with the Ford center already. And so that thing was outdated when it opened. <laughs> I think they got like three names since then. Yes. You know what I mean, one of those, <laughs> what's deals. it called now? Uh, it's like Page. the wonder bread arena. Yeah, it's like Page the page center, Pay something progressive. Paycom Paycom center. So they had their vote yesterday, a 1% tax keeps franchise there through 2050. But a 1% tax, the team's putting in $50 million of a $900 million project. Hardly seems like a lot. Right? It passed 71% yes. Mm-hmm. For a higher tax and, more, and way more money. Wow. And that went sailing through, and literally they're like, the mayor says, Today it was Oklahoma City versus the world, and we won. It really wasn't. I mean, there's my goodness. So they're building them a new arena, and uh, for the twenty nine thirty season, oh, they're supposed, supposed to open. But will it have oh, all the bells and whistles? A one percent tax, so more, way more. Oh God, yes, and more than half, way more. less put in. Yeah, I mean, if you double the tax that the Royals and Chiefs are are wanting to keep in place, that's currently being paid that three eight cent sales tax that's been being paid since two thousand six. If you double that, it's not even what that is, right? I mean, you go three eighths plus three eighths is six eighths. I think that could be wrong. Um, that that that's not even what Oklahoma. That's He's still less. That's still less than what Oklahoma City's putting in for a nine hundred million dollar arena that the team's barely spending any money on. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm just Sherman's I'm, spending a billion thinking, of his own money. I'm thinking better PR campaign. 
Well, the PR campaign that the Royals have run on this new stadium has been downright deplorable. It's been awful. I was at an event last night about the stadiums, okay? And and it was led by uh, Manny Abaka, a friend of the show, uh, Jackson County legislator, who is really trying to get this thing done in Jackson County and working his tail off. And it was a professional sports team's town hall that Manny put on last night. And he represents the first district of Jackson County. And he um, had about 150 people last night out at Foling. And, you know, he was kind of going through the whole you know, thing of what it's going to take and whatnot. And then there was questions at, at, at the end. And I always like to hear what people are, are wanting to know. Well, I'll tell you this. And that, again, it was a very small sample size of what votes in Jackson County. But my takeaway from that, and really every conversation I've had with people about the stadium, is the voter, the constituent, the person in Kansas City is uneducated about the process. And that's not their fault. The Royals have stunk at educating the, the the citizens. And quite frankly, the Chiefs are car- starting to get into that category as well because there were questions last Nobody night. Nobody knows what they want. Nobody knows what they want. Yeah, there yeah. were questions last night like, what do the Chiefs want with that property? Manny says, well, I don't know. The Chiefs will have to speak for themselves. I don't know what they want. So they're not telling people what they want. But the Royals really kind of got this whole ball rolling when they had the commissioner for whatever reason here. Um, and they, I, I just think from an educating the voter standpoint, the Royals get an F minus. They have they have done a really bad job of educating the voters, putting out a website and, and having people try to find stuff on the Internet is not a way to educate the voters. You got to go to them. And what Manny did last night, about 100, 150 people showed up. He told people he was having this. It was open to everybody. They came, they learned, they got the information. From here until we get a vote passed in Kansas City for a new Royal Stadium downtown, John Sherman needs to be out every single night talking to people, talking to groups, pressing the flesh, kissing the babies, telling people why it's important and necessary to get a new stadium because the ultimate person you have to convince Josh and all of this is not the sports fan. It's the guy who goes to vote that says, I like the K it's fine. And I'm not giving the billionaire any more money. How do you convince that person having a website for people to go to and some aerial footage of renderings that doesn't get it done. John Sherman needs to go out and explain the economics of baseball. Start with Otani and explain how the Royals could not even be in the same conversation. Talk about the TV deals and the money that these other organizations get from their TV deals. Talk about how Bally's is probably going to go away and that money is going to be off the books. Talk about it being a 365-day-a-year venue and how that's going to generate more money and then that money can be put back into the team. That's John Sherman's job. That's the Royals' job. I'm not doing that. I could have answered all those questions last night that people had. It's not my job. It's not my job to do that. The Royals need to do a much better job, or any job, quite honestly, of going around and educating the voters. Kiwanis Club, Rotary Club, you know, youth uh, group where parents are hanging out, uh, kids' events, where, wherever there's gatherings of people. 33113. Yeah, right. Wherever Royals fans Wherever. are gathering, right? Oh, okay. Totally different. John totally Sherman bad. needs to be there. John Sherman needs to host events at Arrowhead during Chiefs games. Hey, an hour before, John Sherman will be here to explain what he wants in a new ballpark and why it's important. Come and listen to what he has to say. Having a town hall meeting here and a video on an internet site there ain't getting it done. And so if this thing doesn't pass, 
it's because the Royals and the Chiefs, to an extent, have not educated the voters as to why they need this and what they need from this. Again, putting out a website and some pictures isn't going to get it done. People aren't finding these things. They're not going to the websites, relying on the media. You got to go out there and be in front of the people. You got to press the flesh. To the people. And, and you know, the, the trust factor for the, the organization right now is not high at all. I and mean, people aren't buying into what they're they're doing. Now, Seth Lugo yesterday, great sign. Love it. Fantastic. Let's go. Let's keep that momentum going. But if John Sherman wants to get this stadium passed and Clark Hunt wants to get his thing taken care of as well, they need to go out there and they need to talk to the people. It can't be Manny Abarca. It can't be Bob Fesco anymore. It has to be people from the Royals. They have to do this kind of stuff. And if they don't do it and it fails, it's their fault and nobody else's. If I'm, I'm going to pose a hypothetical to you here. All right. Um, it seems to be a lot of the, lot of the reaction I see here, whatever is, well, they're mad. The baseball team's bad. Yeah. Why do I put on a stadium? Baseball team's bad. And that's why okay. John Sherman has to go out there and explain how this will help the baseball so, team. So what if we take the three, eight cents sales tax extension and that just goes to payroll <laughs> and, and the Royals just go, you know, Forget it. We're just gonna we're just gonna pay for the stadium. And they told you the taxpayer, but you're gonna help us with payroll. Then would you vote for it? Well, let's let's think about the tax for a minute, Josh. It's three hundred and fifty million dollars is what the Royals and Chiefs have each gotten out of this recent tax, and that's kind of what the Royals want out of this one. Three hundred fifty million dollars over the the length of the. I suppose it might not equate to much if it's over it's like twenty five years, fifty years, or so twenty five years. Three hundred fifty million total dollars. That doesn't if, get you half of Otani. But if you're like, <laughs> I know, but but if you said, hey, we're gonna chip in my sales tax, but I'm not, I'm not for the stadium thing, but I'd like you to get better. I'll chip in so you can get ten million a year for payroll. Sure. Is that what? <laughs> sure. I think people would have vote a better, for that. Would right? that have a better chance of passing right now than a stadium? Yeah. Like if you. We're going to use a three-eighths set sales tax that's going directly to payroll. Yeah, let's You're go. Like, sure. Yeah. I feel like that that would have an easier time passing now right? than, than the stadium would. Yeah, it, it would. But again, the stadium could have an easy time passing if the Royals did it the right way. And you went out there and talked to people because that was the biggest takeaway for me. Nobody understands why they need a new stadium. From the 913, there's a website? Question mark, question mark? I think there is. Yeah, I think there is. I think I'm not 100% positive. Well, they did put one out initially, I think, that had the the the, the statement and, you know, the initial plans and what have you. Yeah. But that that's not nobody You got to catch that. Yeah. You you, you got to find that. You got you got to work for that, yeah. right? You got to work for that. But if you're if you're a regular member of let's use the, the guys at Romeo's for example, right? About 80 guys in a room talking about this kind of stuff, John Sherman needs to show up at that. Yes. You you were telling me about something you do. So we do. Uh, we're my my wife was part of the South Kansas City Alliance on the the board. And Who the South Kansas City no, no, Alliance? No. My, my wife. Yeah, thank you. My bad. I apologize. Chris Jones. Ooh, oh. Chris Jones. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here to sidetrack everyone. But uh, South Kansas City Alliance meets at the South Patrol over off Bannister usually once a month, and there's about 200 people that come in there and listen to what the different legislatures or the city councilmen or like Mark Sharp from the House of Representatives, all of them yeah, will come in and they'll come in and they'll talk about what's going on in Kansas City and what affects the southern part of Kansas City or Jackson County. What's mm-hmm. coming, what's gone, what new developments, the bre- the Red Bridge Corridor, big thing right now, need a grocery store. Yeah, they do. Yeah. We need a grocery store. So that's one of the big things. That's something that he needs to be a part of. Come and show your face. 
Frank White's been there before. He hasn't been there lately. Um, you know, Quinn Lucas will stop by. Many of the different people that have something going on in this city will come and talk to the South Kansas City Alliance and say what's going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he needs to be a part of those type of yeah. meetings. Yeah, no, if, if John Sherman wants to get this thing done, it's on John Sherman now, and it's on the Royals as an organization to go out and talk to the people and explain in very simple terms what the new stadium means for the success and future of the Royals in Kansas City because people don't know that. And, you know, for me, I'm tired of talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we did. It's not my job. Uh, we did an interview with John Sherman, right? But that's, again, that's not enough. He I know, I'm not saying, I understand, but I'm yeah. saying we, we've been over this yeah. and we've talked about it and it, a lot of stuff still isn't out there. Like, they're, they're, I think their deal sounds sounds to me to be very fair. They want to put in a boatload of money. Right, they're again, putting in a billion of their own dollars. Again, that's I'll, great. I'll point to just OKC. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're putting in 50 to get a $900 million arena. The Royals are putting in like a billion. Right. A billion. Plus cost overruns. Right. And they're asking for $365 million roughly from the county because that's what the 25. Now, if they want a 40-year lease, it's going to be more, and that's where things get a little crazy. It's, extension. it's not even a tax increase. It's just but an extension, the the, it's extension, it's of, extension. What's, of what's already been happening. You're already now, paying it. Now, now, I get it. When your car payment runs out, you don't want to continue to make car payments. I right, get it. Right, you, right. You, you, you love that day where, wow, that comes off the books. And then a month later, your car breaks down, you get a new car, Usually and you the have case. the car payment again. But you know what I mean? So I understand that you're like, well, I was – I, but I could have less taxes if this didn't continue. I get that part right. of it. But it's not a. It's not like there's a bump and they're asking. It's a, it's a, literally the same extension of the of – the, uh, of the tax, and they're putting in a billion plus? Yeah, you're not – The other like, thing is how much are the Chiefs putting in? I don't – we don't know. And that's I, another problem. I don't, I don't know that there's a much better deal than that. I mean, I look at all these stadiums around the country, and I'm like, this is good. This this seems like a small, way smaller ass than a lot of places are. And the benefit, you know, hopefully is really, really good in terms of generating revenue for the club, putting it back in. The, and he's pledged to do that too, yeah. right? But, yeah, the message has not been out there. You put this vote on the on the ballot today. Fails. I mean, they, I said they, Oklahoma City was seventy one percent yes. Yeah. This one would be seventy one percent no. Yeah, it would get wiped out right now. From, you know, everybody feels that way. And and again, if you don't and educate the, and, the voter, they don't know what and, they're voting for. And I for. think for the for the Chiefs side of things, while they have stepped back and go, the Royals take the lead. They're getting to go time. Yeah, it, it's go time for you where as well. You just can't. Yeah. You gotta. I think you, they're going to have to probably push their their plan forward too. If oh, because people are asking what, what are the chiefs going to do with, with, if the Royals move downtown, what are they going to do with the land? Well, we don't know. Correct. Chiefs need to tell everybody what yeah, their plan so is. They, it's time for all the plans to be out in the open. It's time to get, well, it's time to get these things voted upon or you're going to be backing things up. And right. then we, do we want to back things up with everybody? And if it gets backed up, the chiefs will be in Kansas before it gets another opportunity to be on the ballot. And who's to they, say? there's offers that have been made already. And again, I'm not, I'm not putting threat out there cause I'm not, but John Sherman ain't the only owner of the Royals. Right. And there's a bunch of people that pitched in money. Right. Four years ago or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't you think it's true? I'm going, <laughs> when's this going to pay off? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I wouldn't blame him to be like, okay, now, now we can't get a, now we can't get a stadium done either. And we're not winning the field. Uh, I'm out. See ya. But again, so the stadium I mean, getting done is on them. It's a hundred percent on the teams now. They've got to do it. They've got to educate the, I, the I, voter. It, it sounds like the ask is. It's a very fair ask by the I think, teams. I think so. Very fair well, ask. The one by side. The I don't know the other yeah, side. Yeah, but exactly, but if they're know. just if they're just asking for that and then they're going to put in a bunch of money, okay. Yeah. Um, it might be the sim. If it's a similar type deal, I'm not speaking for them. I have no idea. Um, 
from the baseball side of things, I I don't know how you can get a better I don't know how you can get a better ask out of a team. I know, <laughs> right? Like, a billion dollars plus cost overruns is great. It feels like it feels like yeah, you've done more than enough. Yeah, now like, get it to like, the ballot. Like, like John and really wants to, to make Kansas City better and and build the stadium. And I'm with John Sherman on this. I just wish he would go out and talk to the voters. And if you have to meet each voter individually and explain yourself a thousand times a day, then that's what you have to do. But they're not doing that. Makes it tough. Makes it tough. You, you can't sit there and go, well, we're a baseball team, and so we're not going to do that kind of No, you have to do that kind of stuff. This is a grassroots campaign. Beyond, probably beyond grass right now. Like, you need to get. Oh, it's dirt. You need to, yeah. You need to get some grass growing. Yeah. Tough time of year to grow grass, but tis the time of year to get grass. They say any month that ends in an R is supposed to be good. <sighs> okay. If you missed any of the show today, we discussed our, uh, a lot of shoes. A lot of good shoes. Uh, the shoe segment was fantastic, I thought. Yes. I mean, we do say so ourselves, right? Uh-huh. In the 830, 8.30, 8.30 segment. Uh, DA, Mad Dog Sports Radio, dropped by. He was fun. We, Did somebody uh, call us lame, you said? Yeah, somebody called us lame. Yeah, I, thanks. That's cool. Yeah. Appreciate you. That's cool. That's now, because Travis came to Kadarius Tony's defense, everybody's now supporting Kadarius <laughs> Tony, right? <laughs> My issue has been the availability. I was frustrated with the availability. My issue is that he can't hold the football. Well, he's in a, he's in a I want to say, a unique club, because there's a club of that that's been a that's been Yeah. A, but. but if he's not available, then he's not fumbling. But it is funny now, because Travis, Travis defended, so I know that now... It's going to be rally. Oh, yeah. It's be rally time. He was enemy number one on or 1B on Monday. Yeah. And now uh, now it'll be okay. Uh, a cool interview as well. Micah Brown, former Kansas Jayhawks football receiver, who's now the producer, director of the Coach Prime series, uh, the documenting uh, Deion Sanders of Colorado. Really cool uh, chat with him. We did in the uh, 8 o'clock hour as well. Check that out. It's all available at 610sports.com or the Odyssey app. Uh, Cody and Gold minus one of them because I see Binkley. Who? I thought it was Stubby and I, <laughs> Eckridge. Um, Elgin. Stubby that doesn't and Elgin. mean one of those are gone. That's though. true. Yeah, that's Binkley true. could just be here. Uh, but, yeah, it's true. I think Binkley's in with uh, one of the guys. 10 to 2 coming up next. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Talk to you later. Fesco in the morning.